Welcome to the Way We See It podcast, where we talk about politics, social justice, and culture. I'm Tati. And I'm Ariana. And we are your hosts of this podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 37. This is currently week 18, which is messing with my head, but we had that one week um, we were off. But Welcome, welcome. Only three more episodes until season two is over. You're not going to see us for like another two months because you know what? It's summertime. Pew, pew, we outside. So <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Um, if you're new, hi, welcome. Um, make sure you check us out on our socials on Instagram and Twitter at The Way We See It With The C. And check out our website. Link can be found on our Instagram and Twitter bios where you can read each of our blogs, which has been a hot minute since we put on our blogs. Don't even want to talk about it. Our current events, resources, and citations, and more. And if you're checking out our YouTube channel right now, or if you haven't, don't forget to press the subscribe button. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe. And we're also on YouTube at The Way We See It if you want to check us out there for visuals. So, yeah, getting into this week's topic. That's, like, the hardest part for me in every episode to, like, the intro and we shortened it because we was like we t- we chatting too much we got to save no, our like, breath for the rest no literally that's like a whole three minutes right there i'm just like <laughs> trying to just get it out the way i feel the saliva in my mouth building up because i can't even swallow i'm just trying to get to it uh but yeah so this week's topic is what ariana we're we'll going to be talking about mental health um, in honor of um, Mental Health Awareness Month. So if you didn't know, May is um, Mental Health Awareness Month, and we just wanted to talk about it and share our experiences and, um, and yeah, just bring awareness and educate people that are listening. If, you, if you've been listening from the first episode or you guys know that I'm studying to be a mental health counselor, I live and mm-hmm. breathe this. This is what I do. This is like my passion. <laughs> and um yeah and today was like my last day of my internship where I was counseling um high school students and some of their family members as well and it was an an amazing experience just to see people um grow and being part of that growth the reason why they growth was because of the support I gave them and they were super grateful to have somebody that understands them and talk about things they never talked about and just to be part of that, like somebody's like healing process is just the most like rewarding feeling um, from ever, honestly. Um, I don't know yeah. why I'm getting emotional for <laughs> you. Like, <laughs> I was crying. Like when I ended my last session with one of my clients, I cried um, and they cried with me over the phone. And it was a, it was a bittersweet um, moment. And I'm, you know, I'm excited what the future has in store for me in, in the field. So yeah, and also like, you know, being able to provide counseling services is a is a rewarding feeling, but also being like I would like to, and I am being ab- advocating for um, for mental health and trying to like show people that mental health is just as important as physical health. Just like how you get hurt, you hurt your you break an ankle, whatever. You go to the doctor, you're you're feeling in a bad mood, you take a day off take a mental health day just how you take a sick day off for work or if you notice that you've been feeling this a certain way for a certain amount of time okay maybe I should seek um, professional help and and all that and and yeah 
Yeah, I definitely understand. That's why I was like getting emotional for you because like I know for me when I started counseling when I was younger, it really like helped me a lot. Like if it was not for the first, my first counselor, her name was Jamie. Like I do not know where I'd be with today. Like because like it's just like everybody just had like an opinion about me. And then she just have someone who's like not opinion based, but literally just telling me like the ways that I can benefit myself and that they believe in me. And like, um, I don't know, just having that one person to talk to that you can literally say anything to and they're literally not judging you. It's like amazing because it's so rare to find that like these days, even people that say they don't judge you, they're judging you just a little bit, just a little bit, depending on what you're doing. And um, sometimes people genuinely don't understand no matter how many times they say they do. So to have someone who's spoken to multiple people and seen many things over the course of their life and um, just study these things also helps. So definitely get that. But does does that count as why we wanted to talk about for mental health? Yeah, that's pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to add on to mine also just a bit just like I also just want to talk about it because uh, we're going to get into this later on just like seeing how mental health is perceived within the black and Latinx communities especially me growing up in uh, um, Latin household and just growing up and I used to transfer a lot into different schools growing up so experiencing what I experienced in different schools also seeing other people it also like affected me and I don't know if you got if you guys are new you haven't heard our suicide episode but that's where mental health has played um an effect in my life to the point where I literally was like ready to just like end it and it's just that's why it's so important for me and that's why I like go so hard for those things too because I also know that's why I want to be a teacher one of the many reasons because like sometimes people students don't have that support at home and sometimes if they don't have it with their friends sometimes they find it with the teacher they connect with because I definitely know I've connected with my fair share of teachers as well mm-hmm. so, and it makes it helps a lot so yeah teachers definitely play a, a big role in students lives um yeah a lot of kids like don't get attention love and attention at home and just saying good morning to each student some brighten up their day yeah. in my class I say good morning to each student <laughs> and say their name yeah. every single day and um you know I, they don't tell me but I know they like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah even the morning um students that don't like the morning I think I'm gonna be that kind of teacher that's like okay for my morning students if you guys do what you gotta do you guys can get 10 five minutes of nap time before class ends because I know the struggle I want a nap too let's go take a nap together <laughs> and that's it keep it pushing but all right so the origins of Mental Health Awareness Month. So Mental Health Awareness Month is recognized every year to raise awareness and educate the public about mental illness through media, local events, and screenings. Mental Health Awareness Month was started in 1949 by Mental Health America, a nonprofit organization. And each year, the organization chooses a theme. So the theme for 2021 is Tools to Thrive, which provides free resources that everyone can use to improve their well-being, regardless of their personal situations. (laughs) And you can access the Tools to Thrive toolkit on mhannational.org and we will also be linking it in our resources link on our website so go check that out 
Yeah, and now going on to the statistics, um, mental illness is more common than you think. And just here are some statistics that show how prevalent mental illness is. 20.6% mm-hmm. um, of the U.S. adults experienced mental illness in 2019, and that's 51.5 million people, and that represents one in five adults. 5.2% of the U.S. adults experienced serious mental illness in 2019, that is 13.1 million people, then that represents one in 20 adults. Um, 16.5% percent of the U.S. youth aged six um, years old up to 17 experienced a mental health disorder in 2016, and that is 7.7 million people. And lastly, 3.8 of the U.S. Um, adults experienced a co-occurring substance abuse disorder and mental illness. So that means they have a substance abuse disorder and like another disorder, like either oh depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, like along with that, and that's 9.5 million people. And also like the most common mental health, um, mental disorder in the US is our, our anxiety disorders and major depressive disorder. That's very, very common. Yeah, the most common. Mm-hmm. So then following this, we have what we want to discuss, which has to do with the mental health stigma. So why did you want to talk about the mental health stigma? Um, yeah, so why do I think that it exists? Um, definitely lack of education people not educated what mental health health is and like what to do to like seek help and definitely like not not knowing something about any subject leads to like naturally thinking negative about it i i think that with like all all different topics if people are not educated they automatically think negative about it um and um, also like the way it's it's stereotyped, especially like in the media and like movies and shows when they kind of like stereotypically show people like that have a mental health disorder and, you know, people, some people can like look normal and they can have a mental health disorder. You can, it's not something that you see, but like sometimes in like movies and shows, they kind of like um, overdo it and tip and normally that's not how it looks like on a on an everyday basis like on everyday people um and yeah and also like definitely culture which we're gonna get into um plays a part um um, cultural beliefs and like um religion too plays a part of how um mental illness is like viewed and like how they not talk about it and all that yeah um so yeah and like mental health stigma like leads people to um not seeking help because they don't know about it they don't know like what's going on with them they don't know the label of it so they're not gonna know to seek help yeah 100% I agree because at least for me why I wanted to talk about it like and why I think it's important to like discuss why it even exists is because me too like even just to say like I feel like the definition when it comes to mental health is so mis like misused in certain areas. Like, um, I feel like it's become a thing on social media where um, people take advantage of the things like anxiety and depression. And even if their life is just getting just really hard out of nowhere, then they start claiming it's anxiety and depression. And then it affects those people that actually do have um, and deal with that illness. And it affects them because it's like, do you really? And then it's perceiving like all this stuff about it on the media. And then also like not saying it's related 
but it is in the same way. Like Ted Bundy, he was a serial killer and something like that where a serial killer is made to be seen as just, oh, he's so handsome. He can never do something like that. It's something similar like that when it comes to mental illness because people are looking at these people and are like, either they don't think that they have it or they are looking at them and they don't want them around because they do have it. And it's just like, you know, like why? So mm-hmm. that's why I also wanted to really discuss it. Yeah, so going to like the actual definition of what is um, mental health stigma, it's when society or oneself places shame on people who have a mental health disorder or people um, when they seek um, counseling for their emotional distress. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference between public stigma and self-stigma? Public stigma is the reaction that the general population has to people with mental illness and self-stigma is the prejudice which people with mental illness turn against themselves. Both public and self-stigma may be understood in terms of three components, which has to do with stereotypes, prejudice, and discrimination. Yes, so public stigma, stigma, so with stereotype, um, that's having a negative belief about a group. And in this case, the group is um, individuals with a mental health disorder. Mm-hmm. So an example, thinking people that live, um, that have a mental illness are quote unquote crazy. Yeah. That's seen a lot. Um, prejudice is agreeing with that negative belief and having a negative um, emotional reaction. Um, so you see, make, let's say you see somebody on the street, you perceive that they have a mental disorder, you kind of like scared of them and like scared of them or like you certain emotions come up then discrimination is having a behavior response to to prejudice so going on so continuing with the example is like moving away from that person or not talking to them um and yeah also withholding employment and housing opportunities even though it's against the law to like um not hire somebody if people do it all the time people do all the time as people with mental health um disorders people with disabilities um, people that are in the minority, racial racial minorities, they, they get away with it. There's loopholes in, in the system, like always. Yeah. And a lot of them try to get away with it by saying like, oh, they just weren't fit for the job. Like there was someone more, um, more competent, is that the right word to use? Um, for the job instead of them, basically. Yeah. The self-stigma, uh, first being the stereotype, which is having a negative belief about the self, so thinking you are weak or incompetent. Then this helps with prejudice, agreeing with the negative belief, which can lead to low self-esteem. And then discrimination, um, having a behavioral response to prejudice, which means failure to pursue work opportunities. Honestly, this is where my anxiety and um, I I don't really want to say depression because like I feel like my depression when it was like that also like that's why I feel like there's levels to it all. And that's why um, um, it's hard to say who actually does have it and what who does it because some people have it more extreme than others but that's something that's really hard for me and especially during school um my anxiety gets so like I just get so overwhelmed that I just it's like once all my energy is gone that's it like I can't it's so hard for me to build back up that energy 
um, to keep myself motivated. And I just like everything around me, like literally just crumbles and is like, and this is a consistent thing. This is something I'm still trying to work on to this day. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's slowly progressively um, getting better in a way because it was worse when I was younger. Now it's slowly getting better. But like, let's, let's just say this last semester, that's when it was hitting because I just, I was really, I had to take a break and went upstate. I was like, do I really, isn't teaching really worth it? Like, what do I, what do I plan on doing with my life? I literally was at the point where it's like, is all this stuff even worth it? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here thinking like, um, like, I just, I, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just one of those things where you, you're telling yourself every single day what you have to do, that you're self-aware of the things that you have to do to achieve what you want to do for yourself. Yet you just have a negative thought right after that thought that tells you, no, you can't do it. No, you're ugly. No, you're never going to make it. Oh, do you not know yourself? Like you can never do that. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. I literally push past that, especially when, you don't even have the energy or the motivation anymore to do anything. And um, on top of that, you literally have to try your best to not even stay sulking in bed. So that's where I understand that because I've been through that and it was really bad like in the summertime, but I'm better guys, don't worry. (laughs) Ariana's my therapist, (laughs) Um, but free of charge. (laughs) Yeah, I'm proud proud to see where Tati is now. Now she's done with the semester. She will be taking more classes, but um, will be an easier load load on her. Mm-hmm. That whole thing with the FAFSA was unreal. Don't get me started. I know, like school definitely affects a lot of students' mental health. I know for me, I have a mental breakdown at least once throughout the <laughs> semester, where I'm just like crying because <laughs> no. I can't. literally it happened since I started college um back in 2015. So. Mm-hmm. I have at least a good breakdown also every semester, not gonna lie. And I remember um, back in elementary school, there was a song we used to sing in music, literally saying, it's okay to cry. It was like, it's okay to cry. It might make you feel better. And it always sticks to me because like growing up, I realized sometimes it really isn't bad to cry. Sometimes things just hurt so much that like, why even hold it in anymore and just mm. let it out? And yeah. that involves even anger, um, stress, um, whatever the reason, your favorite TV show, just cry, just let it out. <laughs> yeah. uh, continuing. So because of the stigma, what kind of d- misconceptions does this lead to? So according to the NCBI, which is where we've been getting most of our information from for this episode, at least said three misconceptions. What are the misconceptions, Adi? Fear and exclusions, which um, that they should be feared and shouldn't shouldn't be allowed in certain communities. Um, authoritarian, which that those with mental illness are incapable of making choices for themselves and therefore need someone to help them and make decisions for them. People with um, that have a mental health disorder are are able to live independently. Mm-hmm. They don't always have to be dependent. It depends, like what what it is. Some disorders are different than others and yeah. severe than others, but most people can live independently and can function and you know do what they have to do to you know live. Yeah. And benevolence uh, argues that they are childlike and need to be cared for. Um, yeah, so thinking people that, are, that have a mental disorder are incapable to do things and just treating them like a child or like talking to them as a child, nobody likes that. 
Yeah. Somebody true. literally talked like like if they were a child. As if they don't know what they're doing. Because sometimes, like I said, sometimes you know what you're doing. There's just nothing you can do about it sometimes. Or just the fact that you're trying. Um, you just, sometimes you actually just need some help. But mm-hmm. you don't need to be talking to me like I'm a kid and don't know like what I'm doing. Like that's, I know I need help, but don't help me in that way. Because that's not helping. Mm-hmm. So then... Following this, um, we wanted to get into the perspective in the Latinx and Black community when it comes to mental health, which I think is very important, um, especially like with us. <laughs> so, um, you want to say our opinions first, or get into those? Oh, these like things are like my opinions that I just help me to like remember. Yeah, go ahead. But so so first, I would like. I would like to say I'm happy to like live in a home where my parents and my brother like they take um mental health seriously. I would say we don't talk about feelings all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not crying like Cry at the dinner table. Like, um, we don't we don't really talk about much like feelings, but you know my family. I'm not gonna say specifically who, but specifically specifically have gone through like certain um things and like. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very, my parents were very open to, to it and they were understandable. They did their own research. They uh, got the proper help and all that. And I'm very happy to, to live in a home in that type of environment and also being so, them supportive of the, fear, the field that I, I want to go to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I have a few things that I've listed here that I've heard people tell me or like from my experience as from doing this internship of what um like people with latinx or a, a black um, background so um first is <laughs> I've heard, um, from the students that i worked with um this oh, past semester them? what happened you asked them or are you just saying based off oh, from them? um so like i did a lot of class presentations on top of like providing like individual counseling mm-hmm. and like we always like me and another intern we always ask like if you guys want to meet one-on-one like we'll, we're here for your support and there was a couple of students that said like, oh, I would love to like meet with you one-on-one, but my parents would not let me. And it was just, my heart broke because they were so brave to say that, first of all, and the entire class that they want, they want counseling. So that's very brave for, especially for teenagers in high school where, you know, high schoolers are, they're very like, they can be like stuck up and they'd want to impress their peers. Like, I don't need help. Who do you think yeah. you are? Maybe you need help. <laughs> But then they say like my parents won't sign the paper because they're minors they have to have the parents sign the paper to get the counseling and just hearing that like you know broke broke my heart and the high school that i was interning at was mostly like black and brown um um students mm-hmm. and um also family not acknowledging how like their child feels um you know the child says i feel depressed and then the parents like no you don't because they don't think that exists or whatever the case may be that's definitely, um, I've, I've heard directly people say that um, to me, um, believe that counseling is only for crazy people. No, it's not. You can be, you, you don't have to have a mental health disorder to, to seek counseling. A hundred percent. I agree with that. And I'm actually going to disclose a bit, like I myself looking, looking for a therapist um, in my life just after, you know, helping um, the students I worked with, I realized that I have my own stuff that I need to like get through. And yeah. being that I'm going to be in this field for, 
for a while now. Like I, I, I need that outlet to speak what I'm, what I'm going through as a counselor and as an individual that goes through like regular life things. Yeah. But um, it's not an easy process to look for a therapist, though. Maybe I'll get into that later. Um, find a therapist. Call one eight hundred. Um. Also, like, it's, it's a lot of like Latinx people are like come from like Christian Catholic background oh my god don't get me started they i'm not okay i'm generalizing here but they'd be like oh like pray it out it's the devil inside you like nah like clear like (laughs) mental like when it comes to like somebody having a mental health disorder like it's it's in the brain the chemicals are involved so like it's not something that like goes inside magically like chemicals are involved is the way how people adapt to their environment and stuff so it has nothing to do with spirits and the devil and all that yeah, that shit don't work you could pray all you want <laughs> you could use your faith to like guide towards healing but mm-hmm. you know you gotta put in the work <laughs> yeah and me being a christian too i definitely understand that too because i was at a christian church and it's like the single a single side of depression or anxiety they were on it they were like okay we're praying for you we're going to send you to a prayer meeting god will help you i'm like okay me being Christian, yes, love God. Um, he will help me through my trials and tribulations. But like you guys say, oh, um, God has made you beautifully and wonderfully made. So unfortunately, God made me this way with these chemical imbalances in my brain. Um, and honestly, it's not a bad thing. It's just something you have to live through. And um I think it's just one of those obstacles in your life that you need to learn how to go through and like maneuver with it in a way um, because it's a part of you and it's just like how you handle it basically. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, So yeah, when you, when somebody says that to a person, like pray it out or just whatever, like you're not acknowledging um, how that person feels. So it's not, it's not helpful at all. It's like the belittling coming out of it. Also, you know, parents, um, Latinx, Black parents, thinking, again, I'm generalizing, I'm not, yeah, <laughs> um, s- saying that their child is using their mental illness as, as an excuse to be lazy, like, the people, like, there's some days that people, they cannot get out of bed, and it's not because they want to, it's because they can't, like, they literally feel like they cannot get out of bed and they see that oh you're being lazy you just don't want to go to school this and that you don't want to go to work this and that but like like mentally they can just not yo and like tati said before like she has the goal in her head to like she got to do this she know she wants to do this but mentally she can't in that moment and many many people struggle with that and it's important this is this week's promo this is this week's promo y'all and it's important for like families to understand that and be supportive of the child or whoever they're raising and stuff like there's gonna be days that it's gonna be like that yeah girl guys i'm adding on along with ariana while she says her her points but a hundred percent the amount of times i've heard oh i'm lazy like oh you never do nothing growing up knowing I'm literally crying the night before having like outer body experiences because like I'm crying that hard and I'm just like it's just one of those things with anxiety and 
depression, I guess. And at least that I've experienced for myself personally, like when I was younger, guys, like the amount of times I would hear from not outing my mom. My mom is more understanding about it now because it took me so long to really come clean about it. I was like, listen, like once I got older, I think I was maybe 18 when I started opening up to her about it. I was like, listen, like I have anxiety. I have depression. Like when you see me in bed rolling around and the covers over my head, it's not me being lazy and because I went to bed super late. No, it's because like I literally cannot get out of bed. Like I just am not motivated for anything. I would only eat one meal a day, if that, have snacks here and there. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even eat. That's how bad it would be. And sometimes things weren't even going on in my life. Something, my life could be perfectly fine. And that's where I'm talking about with the belittling things. Sometimes people, family hurts also when it's your family because it's like, they're supposed to be your blood and you would think that they would understand and sometimes they really don't. And so that's when the belittling comes through like, oh, like everything's going well in your life. Like, why are you crying? Or when people are like, oh, um, oh, you think that's bad? You crying the whole night, the other night for no reason at all. Steve just left me, okay? <laughs> I wasn't trying to make it a competition. I was just trying to talk Ooh. to you about my feelings and um, even though I couldn't, I can't explain it in the best way. I'm hoping that you still understand what I'm trying to say, and and you know a little bit. So mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that I personally found as like one of my biggest pet peeves growing up within a Hispanic household. Um, underneath um, everybody telling me to um, that God's gonna take the devil away from me. Like I think I know the difference between the devil and my brain. You know. Yeah. So. Um. And my other point that I wanted to make is, you know, talking about how, um, you know, how people from Latinx um, backgrounds, from Black backgrounds, how they um, view mental, mental um, illness and all that. It's also important to understand how access to mental health services can be very limiting, limiting to like the BIPOC community. Mm -hmm. um, so like when it comes to insurance, not everybody has health insurance, the cost, like, I've been I've been doing my research when I've been having time to look for therapists and some sessions can be costing up to like 300 per session I'm like that is not in my budget things are very and, limited and um yeah and like I ha I'm under my mom's insurance but soon because of my age I'm gonna get cut off and I have to figure that out <laughs> <laughs> um so and yeah also like there's not many clients of color there's there, there's some people that prefer a client of color I know for me I'm looking for a therapist that that is uh, of color because that's what I prefer and there's other people of color that prefer that too and there's not that many of us and that's why I'm getting into this field because sometimes seeing somebody that in in uh in this position and like that looks like you can be very um inspiring yeah and stuff because most counselors are white um so yeah. so yeah yeah, I definitely get that. And that's why I said that when we did our suicide episode. And I believe we also did two other episodes, not involving suicide, but something else. I don't remember. But um, I definitely remember saying that, honestly, therapy is really not that bad. I think therapy is like a blessing on earth to have access to that, especially that's why I say in school, try and talk to your counselor because most likely your counselor is not doing anything in any day first of all it's a perk because you get to skip a class think about that two 
it's someone to actually talk about your feelings and your frustration to that sometimes your teachers honestly don't care about, which sucks. And that's why I want to be a teacher because I've come across teachers that have been 10 out of 10 and then teachers ha that have literally been like complete assholes and are the reason why I hate the school. But um, sometimes it really doesn't hurt because um, the counselors I went to were, were all in high school. They were my school counselors. Um, my, from, I started going to counseling when I was a freshman and that was unwilling, unwillingly because that's when my family had seen that um, I was in the dark every single day. Uh, there was a week when I was literally in the dark in my room for seven days straight, didn't leave besides to maybe eat or, sh I didn't even shower that week, not gonna lie guys. I'm not trying to sound dirty, but that's just like a thing. Mm -hmm. I did not shower that entire week. That's the longest I've gone without showering to this day. And um, a lot was going on in my family and it involved me. And I remember my aunt calling my school like, oh yeah, she's depressed. She needs counseling. And it was like a problem also that she even did that because everybody was like, she's not depressed. Like, why would she be depressed? There's nothing for her to be depressed about. And um, even my mom was really upset about that because she was like, she doesn't need counseling. And then I went and I was upset too because one day I just got called out of class and I went to the counselor and you know, after that first session, I really wasn't talking to her that much, but then I started to realize that she actually was listening to me and was actually someone I could genuinely talk to. I was like, wow, I like you. Thanks, Jamie. And I still talk to Jamie every now and then too. Um, Cause like I have counselor? her- Huh? You still a counselor? Um, I think at the school that she works at, I don't know. I think she's not working right now because she just had a baby like a year ago. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to see her soon actually to hang out and see her baby, he's so cute. Um, Cause she was also, the school I went to from eighth grade to ninth grade guys, by the way, was a Christian school. So um, a lot of the advice she gave me um, didn't even have to do with Christianity either. And that's why I appreciate it. It was actual counseling. Um, and but then outside of schools she would also give me like actual like christian related advice as well which also helped me but then after that sophomore year went to a different school counselor because i transferred schools um she was nice but i think i only went to her office maybe one time but that year and in, in, in general was like the best year of my life like i didn't have that much stress like i think that was the happy literally the happiest year of my life thus far hmm. like i didn't have a lot going on to that extent that I need to go to the th therapist but I think that's what led to a lot of build up emotions towards my junior and senior year because even though a lot wasn't going on I still was withholding a lot of my emotions so then when I transferred again junior year and I stayed at my school for junior senior year um I met my guidance counselor 10 out of 10 Ms. Reiner I love her. I still need to email her. She's like, you better email me so we can go out for lunch once you graduate. And I have never done it. I've never done it. And I have cried in her office. Um, we have cried together. She, I remember one time at art, I made like a little fox and I was like, look what I made in school today. Do you want it? And she was like, yeah, I'll take it. And she had it at her desk, like the whole two years of me knowing her. And she's always been wow. like the sweetest person, always gave me like great advice like literally someone that I could even talk to about like guy stuff which yeah. you wouldn't even think you would talk to your school counselor about mm -hmm. but she was like yeah like totally yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it but she was really like my go-to I'd be like stopping by her class between lunch periods I'm like yo let me put you on real quick she's like put me on and that's it but 
it definitely helps to seek counseling if you're in school or even outside of school if you guys aren't in school yeah, um, they have free counseling in like colleges so yeah i have to check out mine still because the advisors that i get they're not it yeah to go to like the counseling um yeah i was gonna say that my, that's my tip for college students don't go to your advisors about your problems go to the actual counseling center in your school because your advisors are simply there for your school scheduling to make sure you're getting your grades on top and that's it tell them anything there else they're like okay so you have an f i was crying last night like i said you have an f <laughs> fix it yeah they have those advisors they have no emotion <laughs> none i remember like this semester I, that's when I was going through it a bit and I was having my breakdown. I just gave up completely on school and I had a U grade on one of my classes and I had seen the notice on my computer. I was like, okay, I'm going to try and fix it. And I, I was trying as much as I could. And three weeks later, after that notice came um, from my school, it wasn't from an advisor or anything. It was just like the computer thing, the robots. Um, my advisor calls me. She was like, hello Tatiana I was like yes and she had said oh just calling you to let you know that you have a U grade in one of your classes and I was just like yeah I know and then she was like okay just letting you know that maybe you should seek some tutoring um because you need to get on that and I was like I know and then um but like she, I don't even remember she was just so rude about it at the same time like you have a U grade like get on top of it I'm like I'm trying um and when she told me if I need any help, I thought maybe she was talking about counseling. Yeah, that's so what I was thinking. Those resources, but she was like, no, tutoring. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> For all you know, it, it's not tutoring that I need. It's a mental yeah. health thing. These advice, they need to get with the program. The whole, they need some kind of workshop or something. Like. <laughs> Literally, but all right. Um, that's what I see a lot. And I agree with a lot of the other points that you had made. And I also feel like, I think you guys got it from a few of my stories. Just like sometimes students or people in these communities feel like they can't seek that kind of counseling or help when it comes to mental illness because their families try to belittle their problems or feelings, try to say that, oh, they don't need it. Like you're perfectly fine. This is normal. And then eventually as you get older, you start to realize like you have all this trauma and it's mm -hmm. like, this is something I've been seeing a lot recently, um, especially on my social media, which I'm kind of surprised about is a lot of people are coming about their childhood traumas and why they react and act a certain way now as adults. And it's because their parents, treated them the same way that their parents treated them and it's kind of becoming a recycled thing um mm -hmm. which continues throughout generations which becomes normalized and it shouldn't be normalized yeah. and um whether it has to do with your mental health or doesn't and it's not okay which mm -hmm. i really want to do another episode on but yeah, like, yeah i try to break the, that the cycle especially when it comes to like um gender roles in my house which is another big thing in the latinx community yeah i i talk my shit in this house period <laughs> yeah what's called my mom be telling me you don't know how to cook you don't know how to clean you that's why she's like you're so lazy you don't do nothing and i'm like i don't need to do nothing look the guy i'm with right now freaking cooks he cleans and he's gonna let me name uh, our future baby with my last name that's breaking gender role um within the generations of this family period 
damn. That. No, seriously, though, because what I really think about, I'm like, damn, like, I really don't have to do nothing. Like, I just honestly have to work because I want to work like I'm Miss Independent and they acknowledge that. And I think that's like so amazing to like find somebody that's like, oh, yeah, you don't cook. That's not a problem. You don't need to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I feel like there are a lot of couples that are like that. But it, like we said, it's really normalized with the gender roles. Yeah. So it's just cool. <laughs> and then, wow, wait. Yeah, so that concludes us talking about um, how mental illness can be um, viewed in the Latinx and Black community and now how to combat um, this mental health stigma. Um, so there's three approaches according to this article that um, we read that's an actual journal article. Um, three approaches to help reduce mental health stigma. First is protest. Research has shown that instructing, instructing individuals to ignore or suppress negative thoughts and attitudes towards a particular group can have a paradoxical rebound effects. Stigma will be augmented rather than reduced. Education, there's evidence that individual, individuals who possess, possess more information about mental illness are less stigmatizing than individuals who are misinformed about mental illness. And this goes back to what I said in the very beginning episode. In other words, providing people with factual information helps reduce the stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, contact, don't be afraid to contact about your stories and get help if needed before it's too late. Um, they also help create statistics to help in, um, in the education category later on. Like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody hearing your story, Tati, will, will um, get touched and inspired by, by your story. Um, so <laughs> you're very vulnerable to like share, share this um, online about your, your yeah, story. Yeah, girl, because Talks growing about. Yeah, because thank you. Because growing up, like, I really, like, from holding all that stuff in, I realized, like, it really does not help you whatsoever. And honestly, talking about it, one, helps yourself. And two, it's like a reflection, because now you're literally looking back at your past and you're seeing, like, the steps you've taken to better yourself. And that's why I don't mind telling my stories. And this is not even all of it, you know, because I started feeling like this when I was maybe 14 years old. Um, all these things that I go through and, um, it was really, it was really hard then. And that's when, when I started my counseling, I started figuring out ways to better myself, um, to this day. So I have a diary guys for me personally, writing my diary was the best way for me to let out my emotions. So they weren't always building up. And that's why when I said my sophomore year, um, when I built up all those emotions until my junior, senior year, I did not write in my diary that entire year didn't do my counseling, didn't write in my diary. I was just going through life, getting bang, 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 hit left and right, going through my things, crying all the time. And that was it. And that's why now I have three diaries. I have volume one from 2015, 2014 um, to like 2018. Um, and then from 2018 to 2020 was my second volume. And then now on my third volume with the end of 2020 to now 2021. And it's like all my life, like details left and right of what I've gone through, the nights I was crying, the nights my mom would take my phone away, catching me up late at night. And I'm like, my mom just took my phone away. I'm gonna cry myself to sleep tonight. Like stuff like that, you know? And it's just like, um, my plan for my diaries is to actually give them to my kids um, when they're older so they can see that 
whatever they're going through, if they feel like for whatever reason they can't tell me no matter what I say, they can actually see like and get an idea of the stuff that I went through and why I'm the way I am. And um, that maybe because I am the way I am, it helps them see other people differently also. Mm-hmm. So makes them more open-minded. <laughs> that, that's powerful right there. Sheesh. <laughs> wow. But yeah, guys, that basically concludes episode 37. Cannot believe we only have three episodes left until the end of season two. Uh, crazy. Like these yeah. last 20 weeks, a lot has happened in 20 weeks. I don't know. They went like that. Really? <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to cry on episode if you cry i'm gonna make you gonna make me cry didn't we tear up a bit the end of season one i think so i don't remember that's when we spoke to dianara oh yeah yeah it was after she left i was like so it's ending (laughs) but now literally like i am gonna get so emotional i already i have my speech ready i already know what i'm gonna say i was gonna be like stop (laughs) don't do that tati (laughs) but yeah guys i hope you guys are ready we definitely are going in it with these next three episodes and i feel like there's so much that's been happening right now that it's like it sucks that we only are doing 40 episodes because we have so much we want to do we want to do the mass media we want to do palestine which we're going to get into later we want to yeah. do the gender roles we want to do um lgbtq plus like so much and we only have three episodes <laughs> yeah it's gonna <laughs> have to wait i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and were able to learn from it um pass this on to to somebody so they can gain some 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 insight about mental health and and yeah and if you're listening you're going through it like i believe in you you're strong and just take each day day by day and you got this and if you're living in an environment where you think you're not being supported um just we're there with you in spirit mm-hmm. yeah literally just i know how how badly that like hurts to feel like being in an environment where you're not supported by anyone in that household or outside the household and it sucks but honestly try to think about your future and think about how close you are to achieving what you want to achieve and even though it can be extremely hard and you're gonna have your doubts here and there you're you're gonna get through it hundred percent i promise you um because if not the only person you're gonna let down is yourself so if you want to make yourself happy just try and keep pushing also we do have a post on our instagram where there you can check out some resources if you just really need guidance or support or know somebody that you love that that needs that support that was so cute ariana that post i saw i was like i was like oh this is so cute i saw the corner the way we see i was like ariana I was bored during my internship yesterday. <laughs> On our last day, that's what she was doing. She made a post for mental health awareness. Typical Adi. All right, into this week's current events. Um, so New York City's offering incentives to get vaccinated. I was at work today on my 30, you know, dealing with my little carrots, my barbas, my Marianne's, whatever. And I go to Taco Perfectos, which is around the corner from my job, getting my taco. And I'm watching the news. Because me and Adi were talking about our current events, what we were going to do. Yeah. And um, we weren't really going to talk about this. But then I saw in the news, 
these things and Cuomo acting so devastated on the news. Spectrum One news. That's what I was watching it on. And he was just like, got some very devastating news this morning, acting like it was an accident. Um, but the amount of people getting vaccines is going down. Within the last week, people coming in for vaccinations has gone down to 48%. And I was like, pause, that's a big number. But I'm like, what do you expect? Like people. Yeah, wouldn't it wouldn't it go down? Yeah, it went down. But like I'm I'm trying to think, like, wouldn't it go down now that like people is the vaccine's been out for a good minute now? So obviously it would go down, right? Or no, I think it's because based off our population, um, them expecting like more new yorkers to still be coming in like they're, they're looking at the population seeing how many new new yorkers there are here and then how many of them are getting the vaccine and it's so crazy guys so crazy because now in my job i don't know if i said this on the last episode or not but they came out with the notice oh I, I definitely didn't because we did our episode before right when the news came out that if you were vaccinated you could officially go out in public without the mask on like yes completely and um so uh sorry so my job came out with um a notice the company and they left it in the break room our managers told us they were like listen it's mandated for people to come into the store with a mask but if they don't don't say anything we're not offering any more masks it's up to them because we don't know at the end of the day if they are vaccinated or not so and safety of our employees just don't say anything wait a question. So they're letting customers walk in the store with no mask and providing services. Yeah. With no mask. Yeah. I do. That's what I'm saying. And that's something that I heard on the news today. It's like sort of um, behavior, um, rewarding bad behavior in a way, because not only are you sacrificing yourself because people think that have the vaccine, think that they're immune to everything all of a sudden um, you're, risking the lives of other people that are in the store and a lot of people that do come to the store are over 40 30 years old so you know they are vulnerable to it so um i'm bringing out customers today and these two um ladies they're like oh are masks mandated in the store because we're vaccinated i was like yeah it's mandated in the store but if you don't have it on i can't say anything and she's like oh great takes off her mask and I was just like thank god for the plastic but still just like yeah goodbye like trying to get them out then later on had three customers in a row no mask on I was just like and my my co-worker she was like it's so weird to see people without their mask on um and like we can't even say anything about it because I I was getting used to also be like excuse me miss like you need to put your mask on like I can't help you until you have your mask on um I even had a kid a few weeks ago he's like excuse me do you have a mask I can use I was like yeah here you go now all of a sudden no mask I had like the three adults one of the three adults that I had in a row um one of them had like four kids none of them had a mask on I was like so all you guys are vaccinated and that's if they're vaccinated yeah, if you're under 16, you, there's no vaccine. But yeah, like I could definitely see people lying because yeah. like there's no one, no one's actually going to check. Especially in New York. Yeah. And, and nobody got time to checking and the, nobody's going to check if you have the vaccine or not. So, yeah. but oh my God, I actually had a moment today. I went to get sushi with my aunt before the podcast. I went into a, a Japanese restaurant with no mask. Oh, you forgot I it? I so Republican. 
I felt like a Republican. I felt like a person that does not believe in the virus. And I, and so I walk in, the, the worker is right there at the door. He sees me, he instantly walks behind the desk with the plastic thing. And I was just like, hi, yeah, I'm here for pickup under um, whoever. He's like, okay, he goes. And then um, I went to scratch my face and I realized I didn't have a mask on. I was like, <gasps> and people were looking at me. I was like, <laughs> I was like people are just- Yeah, it happens. But it was one of those moments too, because I'm like here talking to myself and I don't even have a mask to cover my mouth from talking to myself. And he comes back. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm literally bowing at him. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that I didn't have my mask on. Um, I literally forgot. Like, I'm so sorry. He's like, it's okay. It's okay. I was like, no, I'm sorry. Um, I don't want you to think I, I don't care. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. I was like, thank you. Have a nice night. He was like, you too. And he was like laughing at me. I was like, I do. <laughs> so so embarrassing but anyways going back to the current event guys so from may 21st to june 12th shake shack all over the u.s will be serving a free order of fries to vaccinated customers with the purchase of any burger or chicken sandwich get vaxxed get shack that's the corny saying they got um <laughs> and i saw a video of like mayor de blasio like eating shake shack. <laughs> i wish i remembered the the um promo thing that they have for the, the lotto that I was telling you about earlier it was like oh I have that that here you but found I don't it? know what's the I don't have the the corny line but I have the the part that yeah, yeah they were like get vax get something like um get money I don't know get cash get <laughs> vax get cash <laughs> literally so that yeah and then um in new york city starting may 13th vaccinated new yorkers can receive a free burger when they get vaccinated at one of the new york city mobile vaccine buses new york city also partnered with the new york state department of health to launch vaccine pop pop stops inside eight train stations if new yorkers get vaccinated at any of these pop-ups they will receive a free ride and then in ohio ohio governor mike uh DeWine announced the launch of a 1 million lottery for vaccinated residents of the state. And I actually have another thing. So I was on a date on Friday, right? Went to the Museum of Natural History. And you know what was in the museum? I, I was like, oh, let's go down to like the lower part. I want to see like the the um, sea life um, um, exhibit where they have the big whale and then there's like this squid down there. It's so cool. And we walk in and the whole lower area of the sea life exhibit in the Museum of Natural History is closed off for people to get vaccinated. So- In the museum? In the museum, in the museum. And then the big whale, they put a Band-Aid on him. They put a Band-Aid on the whale. I have a picture to oh make him God. look like he got vaccinated. Oh my- you know, these they they in the I was looking at the train stations um that they have it they have it in Penn Station, they have it in one two fifth in Harlem, which if you know about one two fifth, that area is <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna say if you know you know, I'm not gonna say too much. Yeah. Um they have it in um what else? Broadway Junction in Brooklyn. Broadway yeah, Junction. Um yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I feel about getting vaccinated in a train station. <laughs> you go in the train station, see the rat run across. Like, I don't know how, um, um, like, 
safety like what's it called um safety clean as that because yeah. it'd be getting musty and hot like waiting for the train like i don't know how the, and i know like for the vaccines they have to keep it cold but Disgusting. whatever no nah, because when I, really i was so excited to go down there to i was gonna show the person i was with um the exhibit down there that they have in the area where they were given the vaccines i was like i was like yo because he kept on touching like the freaking stuff in the museum i was like stop touching you're gonna get caught and he put his hand past one thing the alarm went off i was like oh my god the security was like you're too close man he was like my fault <laughs> but um i was trying to show him i was like look because the one time i went to go touch um I realized that there wasn't a glass and that's the dark squid one that they have at the very bottom underneath the, the whale. And I like almost fell forward into the exhibit part and it was so bad, so bad. I was like in elementary school, I'll never forget. And I wanted to show him and I couldn't because literally they had just a whole barricade. Unless you had an appointment to get vaccinated, you were not going down there. So people that are waiting online to get vaccinated and everything or just seeing the exhibits down there as they go but everybody else that it wasn't they were at the top part and that's it they're just using any any building any type of space yeah they while in the Blasio and como they're just using it and oh, listen, if you're also go. vaccinated you go to, you get free tickets to the bronx zoo get half um, free on wednesdays at a nets game if you want to go at barclay center Crazy. The Bronx, the Bronx was already free on Wednesdays. <laughs> oh, they changed it. I don't know, but guys, if you're vaccinated, go outside. Um, and then yeah, the next current event, anyway. Unreal. Yeah. Um, with these incentives, these incentives are getting out of hand. I'm vaccinated and I haven't used any of these incentives. But going on to next current event, President Biden signs the anti-Asian hate crime bill into law on May 20th, which is the day they're recording this. President Biden signed the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act into law. And reading the name of the actual law, I'm like, why is it named the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act into law? I mean, act. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know if there's like like legal terms of like it has to be named that way or something, but I just found that odd that it was named that. Mm-hmm. But you know, whatever. Yeah, it was the, the purpose of this law is to. Yeah, no, sorry, you're you're about to get into it. My bad. Oh, uh, the purpose of this law is to address the hate crimes throughout the pandemic, um, with particular emphasis on the increase of hate crimes against the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. And um, like I understand, like the hate crimes were increased um the specific yeah, they, community like, after they the said pandemic. By 660,000, 600. Of the increase? Yeah, they said overall since the pandemic yeah. started, sixty-six hundred thousand people have reported crimes. Yeah, I'm just trying to understand why they named it the COVID nineteen hate crime. Like, mm-hmm. but. Anyway, um, this law will create a new position at the Justice um, Department to expedite review of potential COVID-19 related hate crimes and incidents reported at the federal, state, or local level. I'm just trying to think like, you know, how like, I don't think all like the hate crimes against the Asian American and Pacific Islander community are have to do with COVID related things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm confused. Um, um, it will direct the Justice Department and Health and Human Services to work with community-based organizations to issue guidance um, raising awareness of hate crimes during the pandemic and stop 
AAPI Hey, which is an organization that we spoke about two episodes ago for AAPI Month. Mm-hmm. Praise the legalization for investing in community-centered solutions and provisions to um, mitigate anti-Asian rhetoric, but said further legalization is needed to address the root causes of systemic racism and oppression. So it's a good step to the direction, although I'm still confused why is it called COVID-19 hate crime, but yeah. if anybody has an explanation, <laughs> DM us because I'm, I'm confused on that. Yeah, because um, when I saw it, I was like, okay, COVID-19, Asian hate crimes is what it was first being called. Um, I understand that because a lot of people are calling it the China virus, thanks to you know who, whatever, whatever. Um, Yes, I believe COVID-19 is a reason for a lot of the hate crimes that did happen within the um, pandemic, but I also feel like it also does not have to do with um, COVID-19 at the same time. Yeah, it may be mentioned here and there, but I think it's generally just hate crimes because of racism and all that yeah. stuff and you just, know, oh sorry what were you gonna no, say? go 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 forget it i was just gonna repeat whatever <laughs> um i saw this thing where it was like okay so the you know the hate crimes towards asian american specific islanders they're like oh f you go back to your country literally beating the shit out of them women old men so sad i can't even like i have flashbacks of the videos that i had seen it's so sad um but i actually saw this one thing um with this guy in singapore and he was like i was just crossing the street but little did i know in singapore um drivers have to yield for pedestrians and it was this an asian man and he stepped out his vehicle towards the guy he almost hit and he was cursing him off and he was like um get out of my country like get out of my oh. country and i was just like damn i was like damn yeah, yeah the country that we build <laughs> talk to me nice yeah but i was just like damn like um, that's where it's like put yourself in their shoes you're telling them go back to your country um you go back to your country you're the same people that are visiting their countries and like literally what's the term that i keep seeing get thrown around gentrified gentrified colonizers <laughs> these are colonizers yeah that but not it's um they i've been seeing this thing saying gentrified like social media is gentrifying the asian community with like anime um these asian spots and like um this one girl i know she was just like i come to asia town it's like not asia town what am i talking about chinatown or k-town in the city and it's just like mad whiteheads like in all these spots it's like, where are even the Asians? Yeah. And it'd be like that. Mm-hmm. So then following into our last current event, guys, um, we will be dedicating an entire episode about the history about what's been going on between Israel and Palestine, as well as breaking down what has transpired in the last 11 days. Uh, in the meantime... In the meantime, here's the latest update about what's been going on. So on May 20th, which was also today, Israel and Hamas... Is that how you pronounce it? Hamas? Okay, reached a ceasefire, which means a temporary stoppage of a war in which each side agrees with the other to suspend aggressive actions. The Palestinian death toll in Gaza rose to 230, including at least 65 children, and the local health um, official said as of Wednesday. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a we're we're right now as we speak, we're investigating what's going on and Tatiana, we're going to take the time to educate ourselves yeah. um, 
because it's so, so much it's so much um yeah because we we were trying to get into it again today but like after discussing it for the small current event before it's like i still don't understand what was happening i just knew that there was nukes going over there which yes sad not trying to downgrade it or anything but it was just like confusing because i was like what is going on like what is the reason for that like what's the reason for the war and like why aren't they stopping um and turns out there's a whole lot of history towards that and um just how it's just crazy and i have um and it also has like stuff to do with like religion too i had seen um i think it's ramada um i forget but it's just like so much into it so that's why we wanted to really break it down into one full episode for you guys which is most likely going to be next week's episode yeah so take a look out for that yeah but alrighty guys that concludes this week's episode i hope you guys enjoyed it um but yeah make sure you like comment share and subscribe if you're watching on youtube and if you are listening on our podcast we'll see you guys next week bye Peace.